Bienvenidos a Girth Radio. Why don't we start with like the the um, like with an easy question, I guess. So your name's Henry, but you also have like a moniker, Culture Snap. Where did the Culture Snap kind of come from? Is that is that your like graffiti name, I guess? Yeah, I guess so. I just felt like going beyond, you know, John Smith photography business. I wanted to cast a little bit of a vision of what I'm about, what I love, what my photography aspires to. And uh, I wanted something a little playful and creative to, to put that out there rather than just my name, photography. And what is that vision that you're talking about that? What kind of what kind of vision are you casting? That was I, very nice. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I, uh, <laughs> I love you know, vibrant cultural expression. It's become maybe a cliche catchphrase and when I have to write my bio or put it on a web page somewhere. But I do love, you know, vibrant cultural expression. I love, you know, unique culture. I, I love diversity. Uh, I love getting past the endless repetition of chain stores that, you know, block after block can happen in some parts of any big city. Uh, so I want to capture what's outside of that. I want to capture what's um, what's alive, what's thriving, what's coming from the cracks in the sidewalk and from the hearts of people, uh, even going back centuries. You know, if I can find that. You like it funky. I like it funky. I like it funky. Yeah. <laughs> put it on the business card there. <laughs> Where yes. did all this kind of come from? Because you have a background in like working with refugees, um, kind of uh, international interests, all that kind of stuff. Where where do, where was the initial spark that for all that kind of came from? Hmm. Hmm. Um, We're getting the Barbara Walters question. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna cry later. Yeah. Right? Um. I. Uh, you know, somewhere. Where did I have my first overseas trip that really kind of captured me on this? I'm not sure. I know, like, I did some inner city stuff in high school and it, in the U.S. and that just like blew my mind with, you know, the disparity in society and. And yet the life that came out of that disparity to to make a community happen like Detroit, like that was this amazed me in the middle of high school. I went on a trip and, you know, I was kind of getting out of my own self-centered world or it pulled me out of that and helped me see like that there's service and service can have joy in it. And and there are people who are doing that with their lives. I think that kind of was definitely that one of the early hooks for me. And then I had opportunities later to travel different places, and that kind of pulled it forward. But I would say even like Detroit when I was in like grade ten or eleven or something, and and I, I was just blown away by people helping each other in the midst of the cracks, you know. But you're also talking about characters too, like the some of the. This is a bit of a cliche, but some <laughs> of those places like Detroit, the inner city places, things like that. Chicago is a good one too. New York is good. You get mm. characters. Oh my goodness! I met a guy named Carnage. Carnage? Carnage in okay. Detroit, that same trip. And, 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 and he was like full of fire for doing what he was doing in that community work stuff that we were part of. And then I met another guy on the bus, and his name was the Black Sinatra. Oh. The Black Sinatra. Tell me about the Black Sinatra. Oh, my goodness. That was a moment for the ages. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we got on the bus, a whole group of us, in our T-shirts from this service program. You know, we're all of a certain shade, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> certain bright and blinding mm, shade. Yeah. And uh, you look like you don't. Some one of these things doesn't belong here. We didn't. We weren't the normal <laughs> on the riders on that bus, I'm sure. And that guy, 
came on and saw us was a little bit surprised <laughs> and he also was a little bit uh, tipsy and uh, he was saying stuff to us and engaging us a bit and I saw an older wiser man African-American man sort of shaking his head embarrassed by that guy uh, but then 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 the black Sinatra after saying his stuff he uh, and he had a little thing about on Marlboro because he lived on Marlboro Street and he kept adding that as a tagline to whatever <laughs> he said and uh, he asked us if we could sing after he sung a few songs. And wait, we wait, wait. How was his singing? Uh, Did he live up to the block? Well, well, it'll come. It'll come. So we sang okay. some songs. We were a church group, and we were there for a church service group uh, trip. And uh, when we finished, he sa- started singing a song, and this older man that had been shaking his head at him joined him. And, oh, my goodness, we all got chills. <laughs> There were some tears. It was like black church. <laughs> it was a church, black church mm-hmm. on a Detroit bus. Yeah, with the black Sinatra. <laughs> oh my goodness! And it just got something in all of us. And I don't think anyone on that trip probably forgot that. So, so that was like how <laughs> something got hooked in me for people and characters. And I always I want to see beyond just characters and caricatures to real hearts and people because that's what I think is there. But. But oh, I do love I love characters, <laughs> and there's been some good ones, and that was one of the beauties. Black Sinatra. The Black Sinatra. <laughs> yeah. How does it like when you, so when you travel now? Is it that you you have your radar up or something? Are you looking for something or like what is it that you kind of you're looking for now when you go to a place? And you've been to some like you've been to Uganda, Uganda, Tanzania, Rwanda, all in the same uh, part of East Africa. Yeah, that's some of the places I've been to. Yeah. So what am I looking for? I mean. I, people who are open and, and receptive to engagement, you know, people who want to connect and are interested, and because the, the same's coming from me. So if I, I'm, I'm hoping that's in people I meet too. I want to learn. I want to hear what they're about, and uh, um, so I'm looking for that. And uh, so it's definitely the human connection thing, you know, <laughs> want to make a connection with people, and uh, and I do, yeah, I do love when there's that extra spark of difference, you know. Something that just cracks the mold of what I've come from and, and is something fresh. You know, the woman I met in, I think it was Tanzania, uh, wearing a whole, a whole thing of bananas on her head, you know, and walking with it and with the most beautiful smile, you know. You know, that's one, pr- one t- example. You know, young, young people who are just full of life and bringing food to you as a stranger. They're bringing food to you over a hill in Tunisia, North Africa, years ago. Uh, you know, when our car pulled over and just surprising us. Um, all these things that don't make the, the stereotypes, uh, headlines that people uh, hear or see, you know, the warmth, the hospitality, those things, there's so much of that. So I'm loving finding that when I can. It is underreported or when you go, because I've been to like Kenya as well, like when you go to those places, there's actually quite a bit of joy, even though they don't quote unquote have a lot or they're poor or like living in like kind of a mud hush hut or whatever. There's a lot of joy and a lot of like warmth, like you said, and it mm. kind of most people don't realize that. Mm. I think they just think that they're just hungry or starving or just like down. You know what I mean? Mm. But mm. they've managed to find that community and kind of connect with each other and like make something out of it. Yeah, for sure. There's a there's a wealth in that department and a poverty on our side that that we don't always realize because of our abundance and uh well done that was good yeah. phrasing <laughs> thanks so we uh we've got a lot to learn and and uh and there's a lot to receive and it's it, definitely when people travel 
there's something to receive and to be open and to watch for and to learn from any place, any country. Yeah, yeah. So you're traveling now. You're getting, you're collecting air miles. Before photography, you were doing some writing. I guess that's what kind of like that was your initial like platform to kind of get some of your creativity out into the world. Mm. I did. I have done some writing. Uh, uh, done a little, little bit of poetry, uh, some short stories here and there. Um, yeah, and characters were in those, like uh, the, the the fiction sort of stuff. And then, yeah, like themes and music. I've done some writing about what, what you find in different artists and in their music. So there's there's those kind of things. Yeah, that's been around for me. It's not as much lately. It's true. Um, but, yeah. Any particular musical artists? Well, you know, <laughs> there's this Irish band, 30th anniversary of their biggest album this year, Joshua Tree. So, yeah, you choose. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go a, Snow Patrol. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so I've been a big U2 fan. I've been seeing them for 33-ish years, so I'm I'm getting up there. What was your first tour? Did you go hit up first? Was it Joshua Tree? Uh, no, I, before that, I saw them like at, on War, I think, and it was, I think it was Maple Leaf Gardens in like '83, and it was just the most unreal show with this guy with the f- taking a flag and wearing it and dancing with a woman from the audience and and just breaking the barriers of you know stage audience sort of thing and uh that blew me away so i stuck with them for a few good gigs here and there a few different cities here and there so yeah like ireland like ireland yeah <laughs> dublin yes. southern dublin yeah. you know it and uh new york madison square gardens boston la so yeah there's been a few been around with those guys they've uh they've got some loyal followers that's for sure you find some people seeing 15, 20 shows on a tour. It's kind of nuts. More characters. More characters, yes, yes. Such <laughs> as yourself. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I fit in that group, too, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not selling you out, too. That's I'm, why I like you, Sam. Yeah, That's here true. you go. So <laughs> I blend in, too. You did buy tickets for Joshua Tree, to the reunion show, I guess, or the re- like uh, anniversary. You're not hitting me up for a pair now, are you? That what are you coming off now? So <laughs> okay, yeah. this oh, is yeah. the pro- <laughs> yes, I did. I, I do have tickets for that show. All right, it's a very nice for, shirt. For the record, <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, but you're just gonna stick with Toronto this time? Just Toronto. I don't have any plans. Uh, we got we got home renos going, so that's like keeping my feet on the ground more or less a bit right. this this year. The ground beneath <laughs> your feet. You should have oh, gone with that. Nice one. one. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I have to set them all I'm up. Grounded. Here. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bring that up because it's like that kind of the work, especially that Bono does, is very much kind of similar to what you're talking about. Just like a lot of characters, mm. uh, a lot of like traveling, obviously, a lot of humanitarian work and stuff like that. Mm. And I guess does that kind of that feeds back into the work you're doing, too, as well. It kind of inspires you a little bit and kind of gives mm. you a bit of a push. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, that social justice bent that you 2 has had and varying degrees uh, throughout, but a constant really through their career is definitely inspired me it's in helped me and stretched me uh, along the way to see things in different light um, I think they recognize that hasn't been perfect that with the way they've expressed their call for social justice there's been errors and mistakes along the way but they've they've brought their audience to a different place from where they started with them and that's me included but also their music um, it's in their music but there's a thread in their music that carries through their albums that I think has taught me to look for narrative in in beyond music but in the in life in the world and 
And I think even now in my artistic projects, I'm seeing narratives that thread through things and I'm finding stuff that are like carrying me through creatively. And I think I've I learned some of that from follow, following a band for years that has certain themes that they weave in different ways, but in every album, a similar theme about love, about hope, about you know brokenness, about justice. And, and uh, so I th guess I picked up some skills in finding narrative because of that. Yeah. There's no end to those things. I mean, you don't, you can't get like, you know, normal education, you get a BA and then you get a master's or like PhD. Like you can go up these levels, but with stuff like love and justice, you're kind of almost like <laughs> working through them continually. Mm. And sometimes too, it's worse because it's like, you learn something and you're like, man, I knew this, like, or I forgot about it or whatever, like years ago. It's like, you feel like you're learning the same, like four or five things over again. Mm -hmm. You never really get, <laughs> yeah. you never really get ahead or seem to get a grasp on it. Amen. There's a, of the human heart. There is no limit. There's no failure here. Just when we quit something to that effect, I'm paraphrasing the words, but it's, it's, yeah, it's a journey that keeps going. <laughs> and so your journey continues. How do you get eventually then from all this traveling, meeting Black Sinatra, hanging out with YouTube? How do you eventually then get into photography? When I was working uh, with World Vision, I um, I started getting into photography again. I had shot like basic 35 millimeter film point and shoot cameras for years. Uh, I watched my dad do that. I have his camera here tonight. I, I took a shot of us a few minutes ago with it. Film, Canon AE-1. And uh, so he took film photos for years of us built his own underwater housing to use it when he went scuba diving and uh, so I watched my dad and develop his own film in a little powder room bathroom uh, so I saw my dad do a lot of that and but somewhere along the way I was just seeing such visuals when I traveled excuse me when I traveled with World Vision to East Africa I realized I had to you know do better with a camera and I bought a, a digital SLR camera and um, and I started taking pictures, and uh, one of those from my first camera that I had digital, I won an award uh, actually in the category of joy from Vistec Camera just down <laughs> just down the road here, picture in Tanzania of these kids that are full of life. So that kind of hooked me, and I kept going with it. My photos started getting published by World Vision in print and online, and then by other some newspapers. So uh, that thread started carrying forward for me i found something that um that pulled me forward thread aside what about the narrative because you mentioned that when you were talking about you too are you starting to notice now that you've been doing photography for a few years are you starting to notice like a consistent narrative joy or something that you kind of keep returning to mm. or certain subjects that you keep returning to mm. uh yeah yeah actually i uh, i think peak moments so like peak expression so whether it's music or you know traditional or you know modern dance getting those peak moments of expression when people are doing those art artistic forms of expression and capturing those. Uh, bikes have shown up a lot. I realized at one point I have a whole series of bikes in different places and it, uh, I did a show of them called The Foot That Moves the Pedal. So bikes, you know, peak expression, um, words. There's a lot of words and I like the engagement of words and symbols and people in a frame. Uh, the combination of those, I think, to me, bring something together. I'm not doing a, a single object, um, still life kind of photos. I like the grit and the grime and the people and the the uh, the life. Yeah, engaging each other in a single image to to make you think 
and see something more because of the words and the people and the way they're all combined in a frame. So, And you're a yeah. big pun guy. <laughs> yeah, so the <laughs> that's why words uh, work for me. So I had a giant picture of, of uh, a picture of giant word Andy. It was from the Andy Warhol uh, exhibit that um, uh, was done earlier in the city. And uh, a guy walking right beside it wearing this really kind of classic cravat sort of tie thing. And he has got a bit of a, a unique look about him with his suit and his hair and this uh, classic old school tie uh, and a bike in the foreground, of course, because the bikes keep showing up. But it's all uh, happening. It's all coming together for him. It was just like one of those photos that make me feel, yes, you know, there's something there. You know, something's going on. And I got some good response to that one. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel that the photography also allows you to do like self-expression? Like you, when people see your photos, are they starting to like because you've been doing it so long? Can they see glimpses of you and your personality? That's a good question. Thank you know, you. I was I was very uh, <laughs> I was really pleasantly surprised when at one of the sh art shows I do. I do them every summer, several of them, and uh, someone said to me, "You can really see your 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 nature in these images. You have a there's a." A playfulness and a humor, and uh, and it's your character comes through, which I took as a real compliment. It wasn't someone I knew, someone who just spent their time walking around looking at all my images that I had hanging up. And uh, so, so according to some people who Free see love. my stuff, yeah, they <laughs> they say such things. So that was a nice nice bit of feedback. And I do try to be playful, and uh, I do title my most of my images, and um, I try not to be too over the edge of cheesy. Uh, but more playful and um, engage what I'm seeing. So that was a nice compliment. It yeah. is a nice compliment. Yeah. Ooh, of, uh, you've had some really interesting people. You've had some characters also buy your stuff. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Um, most notably, I didn't want to talk about it for a while when it happened, but it's a couple of years ago. And uh, the late uh, Rob Ford's uh, mom uh, bought one of my images um, uh, when I was at the Toronto Outdoor Art Exhibit showing my stuff there. And that was quite a surprise. Uh, she told me it was going to be for him, uh, an image that actually had been hung in City Hall thanks to uh, great city councillor Janet Davis, who's been really supportive of my work. Uh, she had my staff hanging in her office. I had heard that her uh, Rob Ford's staff, who was in the office at the time, had seen his, my images. And this one that she bought was one of, um, of Nathan Phillips Square and of the arcs arcing over the uh, skating pond. But at that time, it had been laid down with AstroTurf, football, uh, marked with football markings. Uh, and I called it line of scrimmage. So you see uh, a football field where you normally would be skating and then the city hall in the background. And to me, of course, playing on the political games that are going on, <laughs> especially during his term of office. So um, That was quite a character he, for Toronto. Yeah, it was a character, <laughs> see? So, and I ended up being in city hall a couple of times when he was doing press conferences and got photos of him during those and uh so i had an interesting sort of thread of uh, connecting with him a few times by nature of being around city hall and uh and it was quite an interesting experience to have his family buy one of my images for him um back that was in 2014 so. did they ever didn't they have those barbecues too uh, oh, they did have big mm. events. I didn't go yeah. to any of those. Oh, you didn't for get the record. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was not. They didn't like uh, save you a hamburger or something mm, like. Uh, I'm sure there was one for me, but uh, <laughs> I know I was not on the list. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> other than Rob Ford, anybody else? Um, well, I had the privilege of being able to give one of my photos to uh, Joni Mitchell. Yo, really? Uh, not directly, but uh, uh, they. Um, 
had the Illuminato Festival tribute to her a few years ago. And I have this image which has some street art that says, what would Joni Mitchell do? It's one part of the image. There's a bicycle wheel in the foreground, streetcar in the background, another scene probably in some of my stuff. And I just find that I'm really happy with the image as a whole, how it all came together. And um, there's a pair of shoes tied together, hung over the top of the uh, high, the power lines. Well, and the corner. stay out of that hood. So, yeah, nice one. So uh, I get so much feedback on that image. And I thought, well, there's... They're doing a tribute to Joni Mitchell. I should see if they would give this image to her. I'm not trying to meet her. I'm not trying to get money out of it. I just think, you know, give this a try. So they said, we'll, we'll try. And a couple of weeks after Luminato finished, they contacted me and said we offered it to her and she accepted. So uh, it's a nice story that Joni Mitchell has one of my one of my images. Uh, nice. Yeah. And she's another character, too. A wonderful character. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you start doing all, like, the this photography and um other than like some of the characters and things that you mentioned, whatever, do, is there any other kind of subjects that you like to to photograph? Other than like some of the nature, some of your wit, things like that. Do you have a, any other type of favorite subjects? Your kids show up a lot, I notice. <laughs> yeah, easy subjects. Yeah, um, I like original buildings in the city. So like you know, people talk here in Toronto of stuff just getting raised, cut down too quickly. You know, I have a picture that I took in 2015 of Honest Ed's. And it has a, a, a lone woman crossing the street towards the camera. And um, and uh, Mike Layton has that in his office right now. And I'm really proud of that image. It's in, I did it in black and white. Uh, and it, it's, it's something I'm really proud of. I have one I just took a couple of weeks ago of the Silver Dollar Room, another place that's a bit threatened. I, they might redevelop it. Who knows? But uh, a, a man walking through with his dog and a whole bunch of pigeons launching up in the air. And I just felt so happy with that image, just because of all those things coming together. The, the great iconography, lettering, typography of the Silver Dollar Room sign, the guy with his dog, the pigeons rising up, a broken bike frame in the oh, foreground. Ask. In the foreground. Come on. Oh, yeah. You know, I was happy with that. I was happy. So yeah. <laughs> those are a couple things. Classic architecture, you know, gritty, gritty street scenes. But, yeah, my family gets in there. I give them a few shots. I throw them a few shots now. You got some. <laughs> you got some troublemakers in there too. So I got three of them to keep me busy, not including my wife. Yeah. So. <laughs> Do you have any favorite photographers or people's work that kind of inspires you and kind of keeps you going? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a guy from L.A., Rinzi Ruiz, R-I-N-Z-I, R-U-I-Z. Uh, he is beautiful, black and white. He does color stuff too. Beautiful stuff. There is a, a, a Indian f a photographer, Vinit Vora, V-O-H-R-A is his last name. He's a, the first Indian uh, Leica ambassador, shoots with a Leica camera. I took a workshop with him in San Francisco last year. Wonderful, wonderful work he does. Um, there's an old school, one of the um, old school photographers, uh, Andre Kertej, K-E-R-T-E-S-Z. I really love his work. I studied him in a, in a course I took on history of photography and uh beautiful stuff um uh from europe and in and in the u.s so black and white beautiful stuff so those are those are a few um that really appeal to me yeah there's more there's all kinds of the classics that Henri Cartier-Bresson you know yeah. so yeah yeah you have something kind of cool coming up though right now we're gonna like segue to the present now nice this nice. is really like super <laughs> duper exciting awesome. you have an exhibit at contact i my first ever contact photography festival exhibit happens may every year this is their 20th anniversary of the festival and uh, i'm doing a show about taxi drivers of toronto 
Um, I started this in 2013, and uh, here it's 2017, and it's coming to fruition. How do you know you have like a collection is quote unquote complete, or you have enough to like like you mentioned that you had a display on, on bikes, for example, and in contact you have one on all these different taxi drivers. Are you looking like what is it? Is it based on number, or you just feel like you have enough really strong images, or what mm. kind of like how do you know it's done? Yeah. How do you know when to pull it out of the oven? Yeah, I know. I had a nagging feeling over the last several months. Like, I applied back, I guess, last year to contact. and But I had this nagging feeling at the beginning of this year. Like, oh, there's just, you know, part of my part of my thing was to shoot the taxi driver in a unique neighborhood of the city each time. So uh, I wanted to just get diversity of the city, celebrate taxi drivers. I want to show the best of the taxi drivers of Toronto and of the neighborhoods and of the diversity of our city. And... Uh, and I just kept thinking, oh, there's another neighborhood. You know, there's so many more pockets that I could, like, capture taxi drivers in. Uh, but I had, you know, I just also felt good of what I had, really good. And um, and I just didn't have a single female taxi driver in my collection of images of, pe of great people who I met and port took portraits of. And finally, I, I got one in March. And I just felt like, you know, finally, I've got a female driver. There's hardly any of them. And uh, I feel like with what I have... And with her, she was a wonderful person, wonderful interview, really great driver. Um, I felt like, yes, I can feel like this is something I can put forward as a complete offer to people to look at. So, How come there are no female, as you were saying that too, uh, how come there are no female tax drivers? Is it the safety thing? or is Well, it I asked her about that. She, uh, she started two years ago. Uh, she does only drive during the day, uh, but she says she's never felt threatened uh, or felt unsafe. She's always felt welcomed by passengers as well as drivers other drivers she she's told me that and she said when she started there's like 18 two years ago and now there's about 40 so it's increasing there's more female taxi drivers uh it's growing so um she you know didn't have any fear about it but she does just drive during the day so right. yeah yeah so you would meet i guess a taxi driver and you're looking for your characters again you're looking for somebody a little bit funky somebody a little bit hmm wacky i guess fun and then you would also do an interview with them right that's right yeah i'd include an interview with them yeah yeah so um i i can tell you one time i was at union station on front street right there between union and royal york hotel and there's a lineup of vehicles and i call it cold calling if you're like a marketer that's what you do try to get people to get business give you business i i have a spiel you know and i'm very quick after telling them who i am and what i'm about reassuring them that I'm trying to show the best of Toronto taxi drivers. And I had to do that more as I went along because when I started, Uber wasn't really a thing. They became a thing as I went along in the project. So there was more apprehension, defensiveness, and irritation with what's happening to their industry that I encountered as I went along. But so there I am on Union, in front of Union Station, and I went through a whole row, you know, like 10, 12 cars, and I went back, and they slowly moved past, and then I went to the next kind of lineup, and I got to this one guy, and oh, his, his face... He had a brightness in his face. He had this kind of woven straw hat, really kind of hip, stylish, fun. And I thought, oh, please, let me get this guy. Let him say yes to my spiel, you know? <laughs> and I was a little tired, too. But I thought, yes, yes, this is the kind of guy I would love to interview. And we, we chatted up. Sometimes I have to listen for 10 minutes and listen to venting. But this time I didn't. And he said, okay. And, and right away when they say, okay, I feel like I'm on the clock because I know they've got people waiting to, you know, I, I feel like they're waiting to, for their next ride and they feel like they're losing money but they've always been very generous once they say yes they've been very kind with their time and this guy he's uh 
he and his wife, I discovered, uh, support 60 kids back in Bangladesh. Wow. I could not believe it. 60 kids. They started with a few, and they just kept growing over the years. Uh, he's been driving for, for quite a long time now. Uh, and I just thought, wow, that I could, you know, get his portrait, but also tell a bit of this guy's story, Swap, Swapan, Swapan's story. But he's, you know, supporting 60 people, uh, young kids back home, he and his wife. What a wonderful thing, you know. This is the kind of thing I wanted people to know about taxi drivers. You know, they're not just, you know, uh, an extension of the gears of the vehicle, you know, the wheel. They are real characters, but wonderful characters. Uh, and doing good things and part of this community. So that it was a gift to meet people like that. That's one one of the drivers I met. It's, I mean, this is more of a serious segue, but it's like, it's especially with the Trump stuff in the U.S. now, there's a lot more kind of, uh, I guess, pressure with this whole thing with like immigrants and refugees and all these things. Sometimes people don't even know the difference between those things. <laughs> As somebody who's kind of been working in different things with World Vision, um, trying to do something with the taxi drivers, obviously a lot of taxi drivers are not like local people, right? So how do you how do you respond to some of that stuff? I know it's a heavy question, but it's like it'd just be good to have a different voice or different somebody that like kind of have a different comment or different perspective. And you certainly have that stuff well, as a character yourself. Thank you. Thanks. Well, you know, something I learned when I worked uh, with World Vision is that uh, when you work in a community and you do community development, is it's not about riding in and making things happen from your outsider's perspective, uh, but helping a community see their own strengths and, and recognizing and valuing what already exists within their community and, and harnessing that to make something happen. Uh, so th it's something called appreciative inquiry. You start to appreciate what you already have and what's within you, what's, what's within your community, what strengths exist, and how can we start collaborating to make those come together to make change happen and so it's not about just an external person writing in but um, maybe helping facilitate some of that process to see that more what's within so uh, there is great wealth in all of these people that are coming from other countries and bringing unique perspectives and strengths to uh, our culture and and um, I'll never forget you know my job before World Vision was working with refugee claimants newcomers also to Canada Matthew House. Matthew House, yeah. Great organization here in Toronto, Matthew House. And I'll never forget, like, we would welcome people who just arrived in, in Canada within their last few days, and they're there, and they have nowhere to go. And we'd open the door, and people would come and be brought by different means. I'll never forget a taxi driver. Don't, never got his name, but he brought someone to our door. It was winter time, and this guy was wearing a short sleeve shirt and sandals. And I think he had just come from the airport. Uh, he had nowhere to go. Somehow this taxi driver heard about us. So I, I think that could be one of the places that I realized, you know, I, I started to get an intrigue in taxi drivers more than I had. Um, and so that's like a, a resource. There's a network of taxi drivers who communicate and talk to each other. They are another layer of, you know, the social structure, the safety net, the community that holds this city together. And people don't see that, but, but they help that guy. And they're doing that for other people, too every day in some way big or small that network is working to to do something good in this city and and it, that's just a taxi layer of, of immigrants and newcomers you could you know cut through any other layer of uh, where you may find people who are newer to canada we're all new and some most of us <laughs> are new in some ways so um so there's a great strength there that that people don't see and i'm hoping some of that can come out through this exhibit that i'm doing
Very well done. That was like full circle. <laughs> I was like, well, you had some media training or something. Oh, uh, well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so the exhibit, like you said, will be at Contact. Contact runs for the whole month of May. Yes, it does. The whole month of May. Yeah. And where is your uh, your art gallery that's going to be hosting um, your photos, your I Taxi Driver series? What is the series called again? It's called Taxi Drivers of Toronto. Hashtag Taxi Drivers of T.O. You with the hashtags all like hip and stuff. Oh, you know, you know, yeah. I got something going yeah. on. Typing up your tweets. Yeah, yeah, working on them. And <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so the the show exhibit is at the Daniel Spectrum Building. It's in Regent Park, 585 Dundas Street East. And uh, Artscape is this great organization here in Toronto. They have many different locations and venues that they use to facilitate community-based arts in, tr in the city. And uh, great curator there, Elle, who's helping... Uh, organize the show uh so artscapes being a real help uh beck taxi's been helpful and some steps in my journey as well so i'm thankful to them for helping me out so yeah it's at uh daniel spectrum building in regent park so great community awesome stuff happening there and uh yeah great venue and there's another show going on there as well at the same time with the uh, stephen lewis foundation so if you come out you can see both exhibits that's really good with all your kind of like the stuff you've been talking about with like helping people and I'm excited to see their what Stephen Lewis Foundation has going on too. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's another character too. Oh yeah. Good good one. Yeah. How do you feel as a photographer, how do you feel about selfie sticks? Oh <laughs> why are you asking me this? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen me use one before, have you? <laughs> I, I might have been on the uh, receiving end of one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> or two or three. Uh, I joke that, you know, I just joked with someone today about my haircut that, uh, you know, five or six years later, if something was trendy, I'll come around and do it. So <laughs> <laughs> um, you're slow but steady. <laughs> yes, you know, the turtle wins the race or whatever. But uh, it is a very nice haircut, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's a good thing this is radio, right? Yeah. Um, so. I have used one as the, uh, experimental purposes, um, uh, but uh, I'm not a big fan in big public places and um, definitely museums and all that kind of stuff. So I try to go for the artsy shots, but <laughs> I am willing to cut loose and not hold myself to too harsh a standard so okay. I can have some fun with my friends too. So That's fair. There you go. That's tough but fair. <laughs> And so now you've been experimenting with film. Like you said, you have your dad's camera and stuff like this. Uh, has it kind of made you appreciate digital more? Has it made you appreciate film more? Or like you go back and forth? Because there's a lot of different gear, lenses, all kinds of stuff with photography. Mm. So how do you kind of know what to play with or what you're comfortable with or what you want to experiment with, whether it's a selfie stick or f physical film or like whatever it is? Mm. Yeah, the whole gear acquisition syndrome, as they call it, with camera photography is pretty serious for a lot of people uh but i do like those times when i can just get back and have one lens and one like the one camera with one lens so uh, that's what i'm doing with my dad's 28 millimeter lens on his film camera and i've only on my second roll so i haven't developed any of them yet so i can't tell you whether anything's really actually showing up decent or not the thumbs in the frame or the something maybe maybe uh you know i can't look at the back and see what happened right after i take the shot I gotta wait a couple of weeks so uh, but I like the feel of it, and it's definitely slower and metho more methodical. I've got to like, you know, make sure the focus is right and settings are right, and uh, more. Uh, so it's it's slower. The Arcade Fire song we used to wait. We used to wait for it. Yes, that song is good and true, and I'm tr I'm experimenting with heading back that way. So you're talking about photography or Arcade Fire? 
Uh, oh, going I like back to going back to Arcade Fire. I like Arcade Fire. Saw them in Chicago a few years ago. It's a good show. Good show. So Neon Bible. So I'm experimenting with stepping it back a bit. I can't. I won't let go of digital. But uh, I like some of the retro digital cameras that are out there now. Some nice models you can choose from. And throughout the summertime too, you do a number of like uh, kind of festivals or kind of uh, marketplace types. Events is that what they kind of called or like what do you call you in your booth like uh yeah arts fairs arts fairs community yeah. arts fairs yeah yeah are yeah. you going to be doing any of those after the contact wraps up in May or like um like people will see you around the city yeah I'm gonna do one in June in Liberty Village I think it's like June 10th or 12th June 10th Liberty Village Art Crawl I've my first time doing something on the West Side well I did Queen West Arts Crawl but never done anything in Liberty Village before so I'm doing that they should dig your stuff. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. You got pillows too. I got pillows now. I know. I have a pillow. It's really soft. Oh yeah. Yeah, I do. It made me doze the other day. So yeah, <laughs> awesome. It's, uh, yeah. Doing its job. <laughs> <laughs> so your work puts me right to sleep. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> if you need an endorsement, just let me know. I I'm happy. I gotta think this through again. <laughs> hmm, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I'm always here for an endorsement. All right. Thank, yeah, thank I got you. your back. Pillows are are uh, yes, doing all right. I think so. It's a different. I gotta try something different. So yeah. Yeah, is that the, so? That's the only one you kind of have right now booked, and just kind of just kind of see how the summer goes. I I do uh, twice a year. I've been doing one at the uh, hospital for sick kids. They've got like an atrium, and they have a spring one and a Christmas one or December one. And I'm doing one in May May twelfth. It's a Friday. Uh, at at the uh, spring market at the uh, hospital for sick kids. So it's a Friday, May May twelfth. Okay, yeah. I'll drop by again. I dropped by last time. Oh yeah, cool. that was nice. Yeah, right, but yeah. right beside the cafeteria there. Yeah, it's a good setup. You can eat and check out. The yeah, stuff. <laughs> and then yeah, you pick up a pillow and then go and get get a nap afterwards. Yeah, there's a few I, tables there. You can yeah. stretch out. <laughs> That's a good day. <laughs> so once again, the the contact festival uh, begins uh, May first. Yeah, May f- it's uh, May first. The opening is May second. Opening night May second in the evening. So like six to nine. May 2nd. And you are all online at CultureSnap? CultureSnap.ca, yeah. And before you go, you have to mention one of your brothers is a filmmaker too. Oh, yeah. My younger brother has, has done some cool short films. Yeah. Yeah, my brother Joel. Uh, different setting in different parts of the world. Yeah. That's another character too. He's another character. He's another character, yeah. He's encounters his share of characters. He did a Contact show like back at the beginning of Contact probably like late 90s when it just after it started so i guess i'm following my younger brother's footsteps don't tell him that no because he'll you know anyways but uh yeah he's very creative lives out in la and uh does some neat stuff with with films yeah did your dad ever want to do like some sort of like contact or kind of get i know because he was working back in the day when there wasn't internet and things like that right so the avenues for distribution for photography were very limited but did he ever want to do something like he built the dark room like you kind of said and he was experimenting and doing stuff like he obviously had a passion did he want to get it out there somehow or was just happy mm. just showing like the kids yeah he 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 did a lot of it uh for for family stuff and then for his work but he's more you know engaged with sort of uh, engineering type level stuff and and um i think the arts side that came through in me came from my mom more uh, my dad, obviously very creative, but a lot of technical skill in doing what he was doing, too. Uh, so I don't think he was ever seeking, like, artistic uh, public expression with what he was doing. It was more 
functional for his work purposes to document some of the things he was doing as well as just enjoying life with the family and getting family memories so do your kids roll their eyes at you sometimes when you're like are they are the happy <laughs> participants oh they'd be doing it now <laughs> throughout this whole interview <laughs> i could imagine <laughs> be like multiple times <laughs> my comment about my hair yeah earlier, you know so yes they've, they've uh, got i'm glad it. they don't let you get away with them <laughs> <laughs> they give you the business oh yeah i got one this morning with calling anyways i won't get into that but I, I get them every day yeah but i dish them back too yeah. pretty good so we have some fun we have some fun. that's another set of characters too <laughs> you're raising quite the characters <laughs> raising some characters <laughs> yeah yeah all right thank you so much henry for like coming in and talking photography and uh traveling the world and talking characters black sinatra yes so. thank you sammy great to be here thanks to girth radio thanks for your support uh, please come out to my event May 2nd and uh, check out Taxi Drivers of Toronto and uh, all the other great contact photo festival stuff. Check them out. Look them up. Whole catalog of stuff worth seeing. Awesome.